you treat today's environment as a turnaround situation. You treat it as if though you're bankrupt. And in bankruptcy, in and around those periods, you're interested in two things. As simple as it is, it's cash in and cash out. And hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Lou Karen. Lou is the uh, President CEO of the Printing Industry Association of Southern California, a trade association for the graphic communications in Southern California representing commercial printing, graphic arts, design, and other related businesses. Lou, welcome to My Company Story. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. So, Lou, you and I go way back. I mean, I was involved in the printing industry my whole career, and uh, you've been involved in the Printing Industry Trade Association for how long now? Tell us about how long you've been there and what, how big is the, so what's it? What's it made of? So, I've been here since uh, about May of 2016. Became president in in uh, May uh, in June of 2017. We have uh, about 750 member companies that are primarily uh, uh, commercial printers, um, bindery sh- finishing, and but pretty much the trades around commercial printing. And the membership ranges. Uh, it's an it's it's largely the 80/20 rule. 80% of our members are relatively small commercial printers. They're in, uh, in neighborhoods and, and general commercial areas. They might have 15 employees. They might have two or three. That 20% tops out with uh, one of the largest independent printers in the country, which has, I think, about 1,200 employees. So we, we have the range, which makes it awful interesting building questions from, you know, a two-person shop to somebody who's got, you know, six or seven locations around the country and deals with all sorts of different issues. So, Lou, what are the types of questions that you would traditionally be getting, let's say, a year ago before COVID came to our lives? And then what are the kinds of questions that you're seeing now? The, um, for the last, you know, for the years that I've been here and then years before for my predecessor, there's always been a run of questions about mergers and acquisitions from a standpoint, primarily of uh, printers at the end of the baby boomer, boomer generation, which you and I are, are in that, that are looking to find an exit without family members or you know, succession plans. So they're looking to sell and how do you sell and where do you go and what do you do? Um, the farthest extreme tends to be um, we, because of our operations, we get insurance questions, uh, whether it's commercial insurance or uh, health insurance issues. And then uh, the one that is the bane of my existence um, is sales tax questions. Um, the printing industry in California has some unique uh, sales tax exemptions that are all predicated on meeting very specific criteria. So um, a lot of our members look to us for that background or those questions, which for me is a lot of research. I'm a CPA by background, not that I practiced in the tax world, but I'm comfortable reading the code. And then uh, I back myself up with uh, a sales tax ec- expert from one of the larger public accounting firms, RSM. 
So Lou, the, the printing industry has been around for uh, 500 some odd years since Gutenberg first uh, crafted the Bible, I know. Right. And then in the last 100 years, of course, through electronic and TV and radio, and then even the last 10 years and 20 years, the internet. I mean, the industry has seen an awful lot of changes going on. And the Printing Industry Trade Association has been there for, most, for a, lot of, a long period of time, obviously, helping members. What kinds of trends have you seen in the industry? Forget COVID for a minute, but just in the general printing industry, uh, is it is it a dying? Is it is it evolving, or is it how is it changing? What's what's that look like right now? Well, so the industry, um, I was going to say the industry is morphing. It really isn't. It's it's finding a different level, if you would. You know, printing. One of the industry complaints coming from members is nobody nobody gives takes nobody takes printing for granted, and I argue that that's not really true. From the moment you're born, printing's around you. you. If you really think about it, there's not, there's nothing you do in a day from the time you get up to the time you go to sleep that doesn't involve some level of print. So it's not that we take it for granted, it's we live and breathe it just like air is taken for granted. Um, the industry by and large still prints. It, it puts it, the words are it puts ink on a substrate, substrate being paper, wood, you name it. That's not little, not going to change anytime soon that I can tell because communication takes, you know, the verbals, goes from verbal through visual, through touch. You know, paper is, is a feel. You pick up a business card. People still give out business cards today, but you notice whether it's flimsy, hard, metal, or what have you, every one of those business cards involve printing. The way the, the manufacturing side has changed, and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, while the industry has consolidated, um, and, and you know, there are companies out there aggregating smaller companies, the output has that continually increased, which is surprising. So fewer people producing more, and the way they've done that is through efficiency of production. And um, <clears throat> there's only so many hours in a day that you can run, but you so, can produce more of it. So what I hear you saying is, Lou, is correct me if I'm wrong, but there are there are fewer printing establishments, but they are being they're more efficient, more effective with what they're doing, and they're the exit strategy for some of those older ones that might be looking to get out, and they can be accumulated. And or the younger guys could be looking at rolling up some of those that, uh, that are in the, because it's such a mature industry. There's so many players out there. There's a lots of stages of of life cycles within those companies. Yeah, the the uh, the interesting thing is we run um, here. We have the association has pre-COVID about 45 employees, and they're split between you know trade association services, member services to a property casualty insurance agency and uh, an employee benefits group. And the employee benefits group, um, we serve about 10,000, 11,000 employees in the state. So we got a pretty good um, database to kind of do some, some neat analysis. The average age of the printing community in California is someplace between 46 and 48. The age of the owner? Of the employees. Of the employees. Average. Wow. That that means a couple of years ago there were actually there were 
there were at least two or three guys, and I checked on them. They were in their 90s, and they are still working every day, wow. physically working. So, you know, if you think about it, if you're a young person coming out of school and you've got an interest in being an entrepreneur and you're willing to learn an industry, there's a lot of old guys that are going to march along in age looking for some young people to take businesses over. That's a very it's, good point, Lou. I mean, there, there, are, there are a lot more people wanting to sell their business and get out than there are young folks getting into this industry because yeah. it's not the new sexy you know, software business that uh, everyone else is reading about on, the, uh, on Wired Magazine right now. Well, you know, and it's, it's right there with, uh, with the other industry, you know, with the other trade industries. I mean, I, I've got a problem at my house with plumbing. I'm calling a plumber. Not sexy, but, you know, if you ever look at what plumbers make, yeah. it's a hell of a deal, you know, versus coming out of college with a $250,000 student loan. You know, those that I was just talking to somebody yesterday, that era is beginning to change again. And we saw it. You know, when I came out of college, everybody went and got their MBAs and that because that was how you, you, you differentiated yourself. I'm not sure we're not going to see that cycle change a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right, Lou. I think we are seeing a lot more talk now about really the true value of a college education or a master's degree, as opposed to just going out and learning a trade and doing something you may love to do and you can make a ton of money. If you're in the, if you want to work hard and you find your niche and you run with it like that, and the printing industry is what you're saying, the printing industry can still be one of those for many people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I great. think you know, I think we're we're gonna return to a world where you don't size somebody up based on what their pedigree of their educational pedigree is. That produces you know somebody who thinks, but the real in you know the real interview becomes the essence of the person. They have good common sense. They have good people skills, and um, you know, in the end, you take you're going to take somebody with straight A's out of a you know amazing an amazing program, or you're going to take somebody who's got good common sense and can communicate. That's right, and and, and those, drive those, drive and determination. Of course, those those exactly have right. to play into it too. That true entrepreneur fire in your belly has to be there. But uh, it's great yeah. to see. That's so, right. Luke, tell us a little bit of now about what your clients are asking you about during this COVID period. I mean, here these these folks are, you know, 46 years old and 90 years old, and they're running these companies, and boom, they get hit with this whole thing going on. I mean, your phone must be ringing off the hook with, "What do I do?" So the the we're we're, I, we're in a little bit of a lull right now, but the you know the COVID world. Um, for the for the people who it hit it hit all of us, you know, like a sledgehammer. Nobody nobody really saw what was going to happen between March 15th and March 18th, and all of a sudden we're locked down. And um, you know, are you an essential business? Aren't you? What do you do with your employees? Especially in a in an industry where employees are older, so you got a little bit more discomfort as to how do you protect them. Um, and we got, we, you know, we, we had companies calling all the time. And, you know, it, to me, it was a natural disaster. It's the same way you look at it. And, um, you know, I, I've written a couple of blogs where we've, we've been talking about the fact that this is, this is right along the lines of nobody saw the earthquake in uh, uh, 1993 that hit, you know, on, on Martin Luther King Day. Right, the Northridge earthquake? Yeah, yep. wiped out, you know, it, business didn't, 
come back for several months. Hell, the freeway, uh, you know, 10 freeway in, on the west side didn't come back for almost six months. Right. Um, so, you know, so then question, you know, we get the conversation, well, you know, what do you do? What do you think? How do you, how do you orient your business? And frankly, I told all of my members, because I've done a lot of consulting work in the uh, turnaround world, you treat today's environment as a turnaround situation. You treat it as if though you're bankrupt. And in bankruptcy, you know, in and around those periods, you're interested in two things. As simple as it is, it's cash in and cash out. And unfortunately for the accounting systems of the world, accounting systems work for monthly, quarterly, annual. They don't work daily and they don't work weekly. They've never been designed for that. And yet in the periods we're in, it's all about the cash I got in today versus the cash I've got to pay out, you know, whether it's this week, tomorrow, what have you, because I've still got vendors I've got to take care of. And um, it's been, the reward for me has been having members call me and say, you know, you're right. Yeah. We, we took a simple spreadsheet. We, we tracked the cash we got in. We tracked and laid out what we thought we were going to pay in the week. And day to day, we, we manipulated it. Right. Good advice. Treat it like a bankruptcy situation yeah. where we're going to be bankrupt unless we do something proactive. And the sooner the better. Let's, let's, let's just to be, be, keep smart about this and watch our cash. Cash is king during this yeah, time. You know, it, and the PPP loans, um, you know, were, were, breath, were a breath of life for some. Um, we got a lot of questions about uh, you know, the whole intent of the triple P loans was to uh, keep, em, keep workers, keep employees working and getting, keeping them paid. The initial, a lot of the initial conversations were, well, shoot, I got my money. I, I must maintain my workforce what do I do if I don't have any work for them to do? And, you know, as I, I advised, got countless members. The, the reality is you have to, you got the loan, but you still have to apply good business sense to your, your operations. And so you, you know, you take a haircut on, on whether it's payroll costs or it's FTEs because I've reduced comp or I reduced staffing. The reality is at the end of it, if I owe the government money, it's the cheapest unsecured loan any of us will ever see in our lifetime. That's right. Uh, That's right. So, and you don't, I've always believed you don't, you don't make business decisions driven by regulation. You make business decisions because of the right thing to do for your business and the regulations are on top of it. And so the, cha so, so to pair the challenges, what I hear you saying, Lou, is the challenges that you're members, all the, the small, the 700 some odd small, mostly small business members are seeing out there at the beginning of this COVID was hoarding cash. Let's make sure we've got enough right. cash. I can get through the day with cash. And the advice you gave them was let's watch it every day and make sure you've got cash in the bank that you can make payments, get the loan because it's the cheapest loan you'll ever be able to get. What other challenges beyond that are you seeing now that we've been in this thing for three, four months that are you seeing now with the challenges in, in with those companies? Well, the, you know, the, the other the one, one of the ways you hoard cash is unfortunately you reduce your staff and you know, there were companies that trickled down their staff levels. There's others that uh, walked in, realized what was coming and you know, really took a hatchet 
And the companies that really took a hatchet have, have extended their, their cash flow, if you would. Now, as the triple P loans are running out, um, especially, you know, we've got this weird, we have the Care uh, Flexibility Act that just went through. So that act moved from added, went from eight weeks of a covered period to 24 weeks. Well, you've got companies who are early, um, who got funding early, who worked every, all their strategy was around the eight weeks, extending it to 24 weeks, they've already burned through that cash. So now we've got the problem of companies that before Triple P came in had burned down their operating cash. They got a benefit from the Triple P money. That doesn't mean their operating cash changed. It just means at bottom of period, now they're out of the Triple P money and guess what? Operating cash isn't, a, isn't strong. The recovery that I think Congress thought would come in eight weeks, you know, 24 weeks even seems early right now. I mean, you know, I heard something the other day that said uh, it'll be 2023 before we get back to pre-COVID. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think any of us really know the answer uh, yeah. as much as we like to hope the answer is. Well, Lou, now that we, we're getting close to wrapping this up, I'd like to ask you what advice would you have for business owners that are either you know, two to five employees to a thousand employees uh, that are in your industry or not in, or even in different industries. What, what business advice would you give to people who are listening to the show right now? I think, you know, the, the, regardless of technology and all, and all the rest, the best business advice is common sense. You have to gauge your employee, your, your customers and, and what they're going through against what you have to offer um, just because early in the COVID days, it was people calling, well, I got great receivables. Well, yeah, but what's your what's your customer's ability to pay those? You don't necessarily want to cut off a customer because they're your future. So you, you really have to, it's a, it's really a partnership all the way around. I mean, we, we use those words fairly loosely, but the reality is every stakeholder in my business is critical from, employee to customer to supplier and one thing i learned through all the turnaround business communication across all of the stakeholders is almost paramount to success you, yeah. you don't try laying, not necessarily alienate somebody on purpose but don't communicate with them you end up hurting yourself on the long run I've heard that over and over, Lou, the communication, transparency, and just talk what's going on. Everyone will understand. And if they don't, that's not your problem. But just really, you've got to talk, communicate with all the stakeholders in your in your world. That's right. That's my, you know, that networking. Yep. Network right. is your strongest asset. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of networking, I've got to give a, a plug to uh, PIASC. I was a member, as you know, for my most of my whole career. And uh, I really wouldn't have had the success I had without it. I mean, the, just the networking, the members I meet, the people like you and the staff you have in your office, they've been invaluable to me. And it enabled me to really have a great, great career in the printing industry and a very successful one. So I want to I wanna give a give big plug out there for anyone listening who is in the graphic arts industry who is not a member. They really should talk to you and, and do that. And that being said, Lou, what's the best way to get a hold of you if someone did want to get a hold of you? Uh, they can call best ways either through uh, email at uh, lou at piasc.org or uh, our phone number is area code 323 728. <laughs> 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 
728-9500. The phone calls usually come in nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Lou, thanks very much. You've been a great guest to have on the show. I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you, Don. And thank you for your participation in the museum board. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Lou. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.